Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their website at www.hopcloth.com or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, and I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft and brewery owner in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, how are you doing tonight? I'm a little sore, Whoa. actually. Oh. Um, four hours today scraping glue <laughs> up, up on a ladder, down on the floor, so oh, finished a wall, so only two walls left. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, is, just keep talking about that. Till yeah, it's there's there's no there's no easy <laughs> way of getting rid of it, is there? I mean, you literally have to scrub it. There's no like chemical you can put on it that just dissolves it or anything. No, uh, from folks we talked to, anything that we did that with that, it just make it all gummy. Yeah, um, and then we'd still be trying to scrape it off. But uh, no, it's it, we're getting our technique down, you know. We're, we're moving faster now than we were at the beginning, so okay. I think the rest is going to go faster than, than what we did already. All so. right. So how, how far are you along? Halfway? Three quarters? A quarter? Uh, I would say just under half, okay. um, but we've done all the areas, or the majority of the areas that have doors and stuff in it, um, and it seems that every time they got near a door, they just went glue crazy <laughs> yeah. um, and it was much much harder around that that stuff so um thankfully we've got uh less of that to deal with now okay so right, that's good news that's good news i i you know what's going to be exciting for you is when you scrape that last piece and you're done forever that's right i am going to be the most proud of this wall than anyone has ever been of a wall <laughs> So, <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the show. But before we do that, in case we have any new listeners, I want to explain what Tap the Craft podcast is all about. Now, we are an educational podcast and we focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help you along in your craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 82, and we're recording on Sunday, September 10th, 2017. And in this episode, we will discuss the American Cream Ale style guidelines, according to the BJCP. And, of course, you can always count on John and I having our normal beer conversation as the show goes along. Pretty pretty quick show, I think. I'm going to say it right now. We're going to have a nice quick show for Rob. This is for you, Rob. Your, your quick show. <laughs> two hours. Okay. No, no, no. It's going to be quick. All right, so uh, John, uh, we we like to wet our whistles while we talk about craft beer. So, what is in your glass tonight? 
I am drinking a uh, vanilla cream ale from the test factory of Trek Brewing. Oh. So, um, yeah, I just finished this up, uh, just got it carbonated. So I was going to drink this regardless of what our topic was. Um, but I, I did, uh, I split the batch and put some vanilla in uh, one of the kegs. Okay. And uh, then I've just got the straight cream ale. But, uh, yeah, vanilla's tasting nice. Uh, it's got just a hint of vanilla in the finish, mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't make it, like, overly sweet. Yeah. Um, which is good. It's actually backed off from the level of vanilla that I use in the stout, you know, cause this is going to be, uh, a lighter base, yeah. you know, beer wise to start with. But I think for, uh, for a first crack at the cream ale style ever, I think I did a pretty good job. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, this is something you're thinking about adding into your lineup and you're just doing some tests. Now you have the regular and the vanilla. Are you thinking of maybe doing like a, a creamsicle version where you have a little bit of orange zest in vanilla or something like that? Um, I'm looking at this that could be a platform to, to do a lot of playing with, uh, okay. with different flavors. Um, cause it is, uh, a very nice, um, you know, light, easy to drink and, and frankly, pretty neutral, base Mm -hmm. um so you you can go a lot of different directions with it so okay um are are you using uh we're going to talk more about this a little bit in the in the brew buzz segment but are you using a lager yeast or an ale yeast and are you fermenting at a a cooler temperature uh i'm just using an ale yeast on this um and i'm i'm uh fermenting it a little cooler um, than I normally do, mm-hmm. um, but not like down at lager temps. Okay. So. Okay. Excellent. So how about you? What are you drinking at night? Well, I am drinking a beer that I really enjoy when it comes to this time of season. It is coming up to fall, and it's time for our Oktoberfest beers to come out. And Sierra Nevada has been releasing these Oktoberfest beers in collaboration with German breweries. And so far... I think all of them have been pretty solid. I've enjoyed all the ones they've done in, in the past years, a couple of years that they've been doing it. Uh, and I am really enjoying this version that they have with the Brajas Mittenberger Brewery. Um, really good. A little bit, little bit heavier uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, you know, it's definitely got more flavor. It's a little bit heavier body. Uh, I really enjoy it. Have you had this one yet, John? No, I saw you log this uh, a little while ago, and I haven't seen it yet um, at the store. So I'm hoping I didn't like it didn't come and go real fast again. Like I've missed a few things already. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, because I like you, I've also enjoyed this collaboration series they've been doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to grab it. Yeah, I just uh, I saw it in the store, and I just grabbed a six pack, and I think I have one more in, left of the six pack. I'll probably drink. Either while we're recording, finish off that six-pack, or maybe after we get done recording, I'll have a nice nightcap to enjoy the evening with. But yeah, it's a great beer. I recommend anyone who enjoys a good Martzen Oktoberfest beer, go give this a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, John. So we always like to uh, talk about some of the fun activities that we do uh, between shows. So, John, what kind of fun did you have this last couple weeks? 
Uh, nothing really beer-related, uh, which we tend to talk about here, but had a nice visit with family. A bunch of family came in town. Um, got to spend some, some good time with uh, some of my cousins um, and uh, went to the Ohio State-Oklahoma game Ooh. and watched their uh, completely inept offense. <laughs> um, it, uh, you know, at <clears throat> a certain point, they were up 3 you know, nothing in the first half, but it felt like they were losing because they, they had not deserved that went that lead mm-hmm. um and then that that bore out by the end of the game um but uh still had had a good weekend with with everybody um and uh hey the the browns were respectable today even though they yeah. lost so. yeah yeah they they i mean i was impressed that they did better than normal uh, they had a few mistakes but overall it seemed like they were they have at least some hope we have some we have some hope that they're not going to be the bottom of the the league this year, so good. Yeah, and the Texans lost, which is going to be helpful when it comes to the draft next year. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, excellent. Yeah, so you know, mentioning football, um, you know, my Oregon Ducks are you know have a new coach. Uh, they played last weekend. They played kind of a soft teams, Southern Utah, uh, and did you know respectable win against them. Uh, this week, they played Nebraska. And uh, it, it, they started off strong. They uh, they came out in the first half and scored 42, 42 points, and, and Nebraska only scored fourteen. And then then I I went off to do my activity. I'm going to talk about here in just a minute, and recorded the rest of the game. And then came and watched the rest of the game this morning when I woke up and found out that at the end score they still only had forty two points and uh, almost let Nebraska uh, you know take them out. Because uh, Nebraska caught up with 35 points, and then at the last two minutes or or so of the game, Oregon caught the fourth interception of Nebraska's quarterback to stop them from uh, their their chance to tie it up. So, um, still, I see a lot of uh, you know I, I see a lot of uh, potential for this season. I'm looking forward to seeing how they grow, and and hopefully they can get back into a winning season for my Ducks, and hopefully John. Your Buckeyes will uh, also, uh, you know, go a little stronger as the season goes. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll have a winning season at least, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's probably going to fall short of what the standard expectations are in Columbus. So yeah, yeah, okay, well, good, good. Well, so so how was that activity that distracted you from Oregon's near collapse? Yeah, so I did the third annual. Ten Barrel IPA Beer Wars, and I've talked about this, the, this festival like both years that I've gone on, on the show. So if you've listened back to the earlier episodes, you've already heard me talk about the IPA Beer Wars, and I really enjoy this festival. And what? let me just explain what it's, it's all about. Ten Barrel goes and grabs 31 different breweries to provide an IPA. And what they do is they open up the festival, and for the first two, two to two and a half hours – all the beers are being served blind. You just go up to a, a booth and you say, I want number one or number 10. You have no idea what the beer is. You know it's an IPA, but you don't know who brewed it or what state it's from or anything. You take your sample, and uh, and again, it's really reasonably priced. You get a nice snifter glass uh, for, for $5, and then you can pay for a dollar per drink token and the drinks are supposed to be four ounce pours but most of the drinks that we were getting served were five to six ounce pours 
for a buck is insane. I mean, it's a great, it really is a great prize. And, and the glasses are really nice. I have, now I have four of these glasses. And I'm thinking if you guys uh, out there are interested in maybe winning one of these glasses, I have so many that I don't need to keep them all in my cupboard or my wife will be very upset. So yeah, I might put that up for a contest so you guys can have one yourself. But it's a nice glass. And so you, so basically, we go in, we pay $10, you get a glass, five tokens, and then you can buy more tokens for a buck, and you get a, a voting token. And what happens is you go and you try these blind t- test these beers, and then when you're done doing your testing tastings, you can then go pick the one beer that you thought was the best of the ones you try. Now, there's 31 beers, and n- not many people, if any, are trying all 31. Um, in fact, I only tried this time, well, I tried more, but I only got my own pours of 11 of the 31, not even half. And uh, honestly, I was kind of disappointed in the ones I picked. I had a few good ones, but the majority of them just weren't hitting it for me, which is one of the downsides is that if the beers are, you know, aren't the, you know, aren't the best in your in your palate, the ones you, you really gravitate towards, then you can kind of get bummed out when you don't get, you know, a really good tasty IPA. I will say that this is my third year doing it. My favorite year so far was the very first year they did it. And why is that my favorite? Because they only had 25 beers. And the way they split it up is they took um, groups of five breweries and they put them in regions. And so they had five from California, five from Oregon, five from Washington, five from Boise, and then five from Idaho Regional. So those are the 25 beers. And what they did is they set up tents of the five beers. So you had, and they put all the same state beers in the same tent. So you had tent number one had five beers. You didn't know what state it was from or what the beers were. And you had each of those spread around. And I kind of liked that better. For one thing, I think the beers that they had brought to the show were much better quality. I really enjoyed almost every beer I tried, which is amazing because that doesn't always happen. Um, last year, they they separated from that and went with 30 beers, and they they just mixed them all up. So you didn't have state specific because they didn't have the you know um, the same amount of beers from each state. So they just kind of mixed them all up, and they did the same thing this year. They they had 32 beer or 31 beers that were all from different states and mixed up. Uh, and like I said, I kind of had some some bad beers. Now here's the interesting thing. 8.30, so it starts at 5. At 8.30, they take the votes, and then they about 8.45, they tell you what beers are which, and now you can go get the beers you want. I've never made it to that point. I always i am done by, like, 7.30 <laughs> and because, I, you know, I get there early and then drink my share and then move on to get some food and, and do some drinking somewhere else. Um, but it's kind of nice to see what you, you – know, usually the next morning I'll, w- I'll wake up and see the, the beer list – and um, I wrote down all the beers I had and wrote tasting notes for them. And it it turned out that some of the beers I really, really enjoy when I have them either in a can or out at a different venue, I enjoyed better than in the venue of this beer festival. And I don't know if it's because of the way they're being served, you know, in those uh, those cooler boxes. What do they call those, those uh, serving cooler boxes, John? What's the official name for those? Jackie Box. Jack, yeah, jockey box. So one of the things that I didn't like is they had the jockey boxes. So they had uh, 
little mini tents for each of the each of the five uh, beers that they didn't five or six five I think they had five beers and then one had six beers in these tents and they had the the jockey box out in the front of the of the tent and the hoses going from the back of the jockey box into the kegs were all exposed to sun beating in on those lines and they weren't insulated and I'm wondering if that was causing some weird flavors to go on to that were giving some off flavors or maybe the lines weren't all that clean because some of the beers that I've enjoyed in the past came across with some weird flavors and I was rinsing my glass out between every every drink I had so I wasn't you know I wasn't uh, uh, you know mixing the IPA flavors I was keeping them all you know isolated and I I, I got like Bodhi's Zaffa was one of the beers I had uh, blind tasted and I love that beer when I have I've had it you know in a crowler or on tap and then when I had it last night it was really kind of uh, like watery and I don't know what how it comes across you know like lighter and watery flavor like the flavor was just like diluted somehow and I don't know if it's something with the way it's being served um, but definitely not getting a full um, appreciation of the beers uh, last night now the one beer that I did enjoy, I'll talk about in our new and noteworthy beers, uh, was my favorite of the night. But the one that won it was a 21st Amendment uh, beer. And it's it, they won it in Washington, too, in Seattle. They did, uh, or in, yeah, no. Timberell's not in Seattle. They did it in Portland. Sorry, Portland. I, was, <laughs> I got confused. They did the same thing last weekend in Portland. And uh, 21st Amendment also won there and it was for a like an orange pale or orange uh, ipa uh i didn't i didn't taste that one but it that's interesting that 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 beer won in both locations so and maybe it's super fresh relative to everything else maybe 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 or maybe it's just really really darn good yeah maybe yeah now now i need to go find it in a can and try it for myself because it sounds if it's one in both locations it's pretty good now Another beer that came in second was um, Mother Earth's Buku IPA, which I have cans of that in my fridge. It's pretty good, but it's really just a like an old school West Coast piney IPA, and it almost comes across like a double IPA. You know that that really kind of heavy syrupy hop resinous uh, flavor. And I think a lot of people gravitated towards that because, again, because a lot of the beers tasted like they were kind of watered down, that one had that bigger body and tasted like a real IPA. And I think people were, were tasting that and saying, yeah, I want that's my vote because it tastes, you know, a little bit fuller. Maybe. Could be. All right. I think that's all I want to talk about, that 10-barrel IPA beer wars. Uh, I do enjoy going to it. Um, it is, they did have a different location this time, a little bit bigger location, which was nice. The only downside, no tents for people that were visiting to get under out of the hot sun. We, it started at five and the sun was still barreling down on this parking lot and just radiating off the asphalt that was just recently sealed. So it was like nice black, uh, you know, parking lot. And there was no shade for us to stand in. So that for the first hour and a half, it was pretty warm. Um, I would have liked to have had a little bit of shade. They would have put some tents up for us to just stand under. It would have been would have been nice. But other than that, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad they moved it to a bigger location this time. Nice. Yeah. All right, John. I just got done talking forever. How about you talk a little bit about 
some updates to Trek Brewing. Yeah, so I mentioned the glue scraping. Um, we probably don't need to talk more about that. Mm-mm. It sucks. Uh, but uh, other, than that, other people that you know can do better things are actually actually working in there. So we had uh, the floors cut. Um, the concrete was cut out and hauled out. So we have uh, the floors cut out for trench drains and other various plumbing that needs to be put in place for the new bathroom and some stuff needs to be fixed in the kitchen. Um, so that's being taken care of. Um, basically getting everything ready so that we can get that all inspected, get the concrete poured back in, and then you know really get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the electricians are, are in there already starting on their, their stuff, so that's good. There's a lot to clean up, we found, once we opened up the ceilings and everything. There's quite a bit done... Uh, not to code. Oh no. Um, so, uh, some stuff's having to be redone, um, that we weren't planning on, but they're doing a good job so far getting that all, uh, cleaned up. Um, and, uh, which is good because we found a lot of, um, wire that is no longer in use, but Uh still hot. Oh no. Uh, they were just terminating at the end, but leaving all this stuff in place. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned before we found the same thing with the light fixtures that were hidden behind the uh, first ceiling um, that, that we took down. Um, there were light fixtures up there that were still hot. Um, so we're getting all that cleaned up, uh, which is good. Uh, be safer for everyone involved. Um, and then uh, we've got some some walls being framed. Well, the walls were framed, I should say. Um, so our new uh, ADA bathroom uh, has its uh, its box defined. Um, the the lab uh, and the office are all put together. All right. So ready ready for uh, wiring, uh, plumbing, and then we'll get some drywall up. Nice, nice. So any. Uh... Any more updates on uh, the estimated time for your your brew brew house to show up? Uh, the big one. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, um, not for a while. Uh oh. Um, not till next year probably. Oh really? Yeah. So, um, but we have some stuff in place that uh, we'll still be able to to get some beer in. So we have some agreements in place for that, and there'll be more to to come on that later. Oh, okay. So, so you can't talk about it right now. Uh, not, not yet. Okay. Okay. Well, even if you didn't have that stuff in place, I think it'll be a little bit more work for you. But I think even with your one barrel pilot system, I think you can, you know, if you can brew, you can brew some some beers. Hopefully, to keep things going and and not run out of beer, even with that, because that's how a, a few of our breweries here in, in town they have a small system and they do a pretty good job keeping everything going so it's it's possible it just means more work for you yeah and probably more limited hours to start um mm-hmm. you know than than you'd probably prefer yeah yeah like a two-day like a two-day uh, open versus a four or five-day open or six-day open <laughs> yeah or every day open yeah <laughs> so or is that is that what your plan is is to is to have a, a seven day a week uh schedule yeah as soon as we can okay nice so the people need their beer. 
Yeah. And I want to give it to them. <laughs> uh, I, 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 there's not many breweries that open that I've seen that open seven seven days a week right away. Usually they they roll it into like two days a week. You know, f- you know, Friday, Saturday, maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they roll in a Thursday, and then a Wednesday, and then a Tuesday and Monday. Even Mad Swede, they, you know, they, they did a, they're open seven days a week. No, they're still open. They're still closed on Mondays. They're open six days a week, closed one day a week for Monday, and they, but they started a, a schedule that they were only open like four days a week, and then slowly moved it up to six days. Yeah, well, ramping up. I mean, it makes sense if you think about. Uh the the timeline of actually brewing to getting the beer out yeah or the tank you know it takes time to build up that stockpile so, true that's true um but uh, yeah we're gonna be pushing to do that uh, as soon as we can excellent so. excellent all right well thank you for that update now how about some of those noteworthy beers that you had tried that you want to talk to us about sure so um. I'll start off with uh, one from Land Grant Brewing uh, in Columbus, and it's their Skull Session, uh, which is a Scarlet Lager. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's a Scarlet Lager rather than a Red Lager because uh, it's a play off of the OSU uh, marching band, does a, what they call a Skull Session oh. uh, before, before the games and stuff where you can go and listen to the band okay. um, perform uh before they take the field. Um, so, uh, but it's a really nice, uh, red lager. It has some great, um, like bready, toasty, um, malt character to it. Uh, but it's very, very refreshing. And I really enjoyed the six pack I had of that. I actually tried to get some more, um, but I couldn't, unfortunately it was all sold out around me. Mm. So, um, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled because I'm hoping they'll they'll put some more out and keep pushing it out during uh, football season here. So since it's kind of the theme it's based on. Okay. But, yeah, we'll see if I can get my hands on some more. <laughs> um, then one, you know, I've been focused a lot on Ohio beers um, lately, except for my, my delivery from the East Coast last week or last episode. Um, but this is one that pretty much everybody should be able to get their hands on. And it's from New Belgium Brewing, and it's their Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin, uh, which is a pumpkin beer with cinnamon and habanero uh, peppers. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've had plenty of just jalapeno pepper beers that were just way too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't an enjoyable beer. You know, it seemed that they just tried to get as much heat into the beer as possible. Uh, this one does a really nice job, even with the habanero, of just a nice level of heat um, that's not overwhelming. Although I'm sure it could be overwhelming if you drank too fast. But, you know, if you're just enjoying your beer at, you know, kind of a normal pace, uh, it doesn't build up to the point that it's, uh, you know, unbearable or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like when folks are able to do that. Because uh, I, I hate getting a beer and then just feeling like my mouth's on fire yeah. for no reason. Because then I just want to drink the beer, but then it just makes my mouth be more on fire. Um, so I don't want to drink that beer anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, this one did a nice job. That you can actually pick out the cinnamon and, and such in there as well. Um, so it 
it is balanced in a way that you can actually pick out everything they were they were working with. So yeah, if you if you can pick it up and if you like, you know, the beer with the heat in it. Uh, it's one I'd recommend trying out. Okay, I think I've I've been wanting to try it, so I'll look for that and and give you my opinion on it too. All right, excellent. Um, and then I'll finish up back in Ohio uh, with uh, some Mad Tree Brewing. It's their Dreamsicle, uh, which is I believe it's a Kolsch base, mm-hmm. um, and it just uh, tastes like a creamsicle with some orange and vanilla, uh, orange peel, vanilla in there. Uh, I think they have a one other thing in there, but I'm blanking on, and I don't have a can next to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's exactly as advertised. It it was uh, pretty refreshing. Um, I had a couple of those uh, yesterday before the game. Nice. So, um, but uh, yeah, it was a nice beer, and uh, I saw a bunch of people posting about it and trying to get it. So I was like, well, I better go try this out since it's you know at the store in front of me so <laughs> i did sweet <laughs> yeah but that that wraps it up for me uh for for this week so how about you what are your noteworthies yeah well you know what i'm gonna stay local now the first one i'm gonna talk about does distribute outside of idaho because they're they have a brewery in california too and that's of course mother earth brewing i've been talking a lot about mother earth brewing i've I have been enjoying their beers, and I had a new one that I hadn't had before, and it's called their Born Blonde Blondale. And I really enjoyed this beer because a lot of times blonde ales can be kind of blonde, just uh, bland, you know, bland, blonde, uh, you know, a little bit of maltiness, maybe a little bit of hoppiness, but nothing special. They can just kind of be there. And this blonde ale is really good because it has a nice biscuity, maybe like a, you know, biscuit, yeah, like a biscuity malt up front. And it finishes with a nice, subtle lemon zest hop finish. Not too bitter, just very pleasant, very easy to drink. Nice summer beer that, you know, you're out in the hot sun, you want something refreshing. Man, this beer just hits the spot. And, I had a couple of these when I was barbecuing, and it just was like a perfect beer for barbecuing. So I wanted to make sure I shared that with the folks that can get Mother Earth. If you haven't had the Born Blonde Blondale, go give that a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. And the second beer I'm going to talk about, these are next two beers are Boise, Boise beers. Um, a new brewery, one of three breweries that are opening in the next month. Uh, this is the first one it opened. It's called White Dog Brewing. They're actually out of Montana. And they just opened the second location in downtown Boise. And it, they opened it in an old uh, brewery. One of the oldest breweries we had at the time was Table Rock Brewing. Uh, they closed down about three or four years ago, which was very sad because it's a, a spot that, again, you, we mentioned uh, either last show or a show before last about uh, point, no, blank slate closing down because they had good beer, but not enough people were coming and buying it. I th- you know, I'm wondering if Table Rock had a similar thing. They had great beer that we drank a lot when there- that was all we had. But then as more breweries came in, we were going for the new goodness and not supporting the older breweries that are the staple of, of our existence from the beginning. And uh, they end up going out of business, which is sad because they did have some great beers. But White Dog now has taken over their brewery. They uh, are doing their own beers, but they do have a tribute 
back to the Hopzilla IPA, which again is an old school West Coast IPA, just pretty much got uh, you know your piney hop, maybe some citrus. I don't, actually, it might be citrus hop uh, flavor. Um, so they did, you know, the the previous owner of the uh, the Table Rock went ahead and gave them their their recipe to go ahead and brew that in the spot is, which is kind of cool. But the beer, I, I had a whole flight of their six beers that they had, they opened with, they just opened a week ago. So these, they had six beers that they opened with. All of them were pretty good. Um, but a couple really stood out. The Scotch Ale was, I really enjoyed the Scotch Ale, but I'm not going to talk too much about that. I really want to talk about the sour beer because that was interesting is a new brewery that just opens up that has uh five standard beers and then one sour beer was kind of odd to me that they would you know that they went out and and did a sour right off the bat but this blackberry sour is a really really well done sour uh had i think it's a great sour for people that are getting into sours because it's not too acidic it doesn't really you know not that too not too dry not too burning doesn't taste like you're like you're drinking a you know a, a, a dry white wine or anything uh, and the the blackberry flavor was very pleasant not too sweet or syrupy just just enough to give you that little hint of of sour blackberry and i really enjoyed it and even some of my friends that we went out with that don't drink sours enjoyed that sour also so that's a tribute to say that they did a good job and that's the one i wanted to mention to all my boise people out here if you make it to white dog let me know what you think about that blackberry sour i really enjoyed it nice yeah i've had uh two or three blackberry beers lately and i mentioned i think one on the show earlier from mad tree their shade which is yeah. a blackberry sour okay and that one as well that had really nice blackberry flavor not too tart mm-hmm. you know and i i just had another uh blackberry i think it's cream ale actually oh um that i i had one after a few beers and i'm gonna have a <laughs> couple more in the fridge so i'm gonna drink it again before i rate it but i, I did enjoy when i had it um and uh, you know it, it also had nice nice character to it. So I've been enjoying the blackberry beers lately. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. I I was shocked. I was I wasn't expecting to be any any good when I have. I mean, if you if you get a sour from a brewery that does a lot of sours, you can expect you know good things. But again, because it, it was just weird for a brewery that opens up that just right off the bat pops out a sour that was really over the top. I I'm looking forward to, to drinking that uh, more often too. So. All right, and the last beer I'm going to talk about is a beer that I had at the IPA Beer Wars last night. And so I had it, and uh, I didn't know what it was, except I knew it was a black IPA because it was the only black beer in the uh, the 31. And I, when I saw someone drinking a black beer, I said, oh, is that a black IPA? I said, which number is that? I just said, I went over there and got it right away because, you know, I, I enjoy those black IPAs, and I wasn't disappointed. It's actually from Sockeye Brewing. When they announced uh, the the list of what beers were were what, it was uh, Sockeye Brewing's Roughneck Black IPA, and uh, it was a really well done beer that I hadn't had before. And I'm looking forward to having it at the brewery uh, when I visit the brewery. Uh, probably in the next week or so, I'll probably go over there and try it on tap there. It's a, a great beer. Really enjoyed it, and that was the beer that I did give my white. Uh, bottle cap vote for the best of the night it didn't win but hey it won my heart so that's what that's what matters okay well there's there's our noteworthy beers and now let's go ahead and roll in to some listener feedback from the last episode and we only had one listener 
to provide feedback to us. And that was Amanda. And she commented on our Facebook episode post. And she said, when one of my, oh, and one of the things is I, uh, on the post, I guess I should say what I wrote on the post. I, I, because our show was about, uh, what was our show? <laughs> now I just forgot what our show was about. Uh, the scofflaw response. Yes, to yes. Yeah, the scofflaw. Yeah. And I, I made a comment, hey, have you had any experiences? Let us know your experiences with uh, either, you know, providing feedback to a brewery or a brewery changes something and, you know, what, what how it works out. And, and she just wrote back saying, when one of my very favorite beers changed, she was hugely disappointed because it was a seasonal and that, and they wait all year for that seasonal. So of course, when it changes and it's, you're, and it's not just what you expect, you can be a little bit disappointing. Then she found out that the master brewer left and took his recipe with him. Now the beer is at a different brewery under a new name. So now we just switched to that and all is well. <laughs> so she brought up an interesting point and I never, I mean, I kind of thought about this, but I never really gave it too much thought, but I'm, I'm assuming that like beer recipes and who they belong to is kind of must be written into uh, a, a brewer's when a brewer comes on to a brewery, if they're not the owner of the brewery, that they must, uh, there must be some terms of agreement, right? In their contract that says that I'll, I'll be able to keep so many percentage or the recipes are mine or, or the recipes belong to the brewery. There's got to be something like that. So I was wondering, John, are you familiar with like how this works with the brewery and the brewer that who owns the recipes? Uh, from my understanding, pretty much unless there's an agreement in place ahead of time, anything that's created is property of the brewery. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, unless they, you know, reach an agreement or, you know, he also could just go and brew the recipe again, you know, on different equipment. You know, it's, you can't, <clears throat> you can't, uh, like, copyright a recipe or anything like that. Um or patent it. I mean, you can just try to keep it as a trade secret. Yeah. You know, that it doesn't get out. Um, but I don't know that they could take action. You know, he could just change something. Yeah. A small thing. And now it's different. Um, do you, do you but, think, uh, do you think maybe, um, he never shared the recipe with anyone? So when he left, there was no record of it and that's how it, it kind of went with him. Is that possible too? Uh, I would hope not. Cause hopefully <laughs> they're keeping logs of everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it's possible, but hopefully not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I thought that was an interesting question. I'm glad that Amanda had uh, had wrote, wrote in and, and talked about her experience, and then of course made a, a comment to something that I was curious about myself. Now she also uh, on many comment posts along that same uh, comment, uh, it was mentioned. I don't know if you read the comments, but she was uh, wanting us to have a wives show. Where we bring, like, you know, you, me, and Chris bring Megan, Kristen, and Sarah on to talk about the, you know, the women's take on uh, their beer journey and, you know, what they enjoy and, and how they've grown. So, what do you think? Is that something that uh, Kristen might be interested in, or is that a no way? Well, if we can do it ahead of her bedtime, which is like <laughs> now. So, <laughs> I think she'd be probably be open to it. Okay. All so right. so, yeah. so let's let's try to plan that. Once there's there's no hurricanes going on and everyone's uh, back to normal, uh, we can set up a schedule. We can meet maybe at an earlier time, and uh, and do a, a a wives show, and we can 
you know, have a little fun episode with that. Yeah, I'll just have to get a strict agreement with her ahead of time. No. <laughs> <laughs> what she can and can't say. Yeah, these topics are allowed. Okay. <laughs> well, see, I want to have her on because I know she'll spill the beans. She'll let out everything that you're keeping in. Uh, maybe. Okay. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, that was all the feedback we had. But if you want to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com. Or, of course, on Twitter, just find us at tapthecraft. And feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And guess what? Because I was thinking that, man, we didn't get much feedback this episode, and normally we get you know at least three or four, you know, at least two or three feedbacks, that I thought, what? How can I help promote people wanting to, to, you know, get their their experiences and questions and comments into the show? Well, a few other of my podcasts that I really enjoy have a the ability for people to leave voicemails on their show, and then they can play the voicemail on the show and answer their questions uh, on the show, so they are part of the show. And I thought that might be fun for us to do, so I went ahead and we now have a voicemail number that you can call. And it's 208-536-3359. And you can leave your feedback or your questions, and you can have your voice heard on the show. Now, of course, if you don't have anything to write down that number, don't worry. The number can be found in the episode description. So whatever device you're using to play this back, it'll be in the description. You can just get the number there. And as you're listening to us and you want to respond, like from something we just said, you can just pick that phone up, pick Hit stop on the on the on the playback and just call us and leave your comment, and uh, you can be a part of the show. All right, now we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show, and they provide the hosting space at OpenForumRadio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe you will find more great content from some of the other shows like the following. Hey, you! Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we will discuss the American Cream Ale-style guidelines according to the Beer Judge Certification Program. Nailed it. All right. See, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And uh, so in the guidelines, and, and here's my thoughts on this, is I'm thinking about going through uh, starting off with the standard American beer styles and uh, doing doing the beers in that and then going into the German, some of the German beer styles uh, and, and covering some of the ones we haven't covered already because, I don't know, th- those seem interesting to me. Let me know if, uh, if you guys out there uh, are interested in that or not. If you guys don't care about German beer styles, then we can, you know, move on to something else. But I thought it might be interesting to cover some of the, you know, some of the beer styles that, you know, that we're that we're drinking or or we're not familiar with and want to try. Like we already did the Kolsch, and that's a uh, one that's not uh, not seen as often as other ones. But 
maybe we got you interested in, in drinking cultures now. So that that's the plan. All right. So as I mentioned, this is the category is the standard American beer, and this category describes everyday American beers that have a wide public appeal. Containing both ales and lagers, the beers of this category are not typically complex and have smooth, accessible flavors. And ales tend to have lager-like qualities and, or designed to appeal to the mass market lager drinkers as crossover beers. So I thought that was an interesting uh, category description for these American standard American beers. So the one we're going to talk about, the style, is the cream ale. And the American Cream Ale is a mild, pale, light-bodied ale made using a warm fermentation, uh, top or bottom fermenting yeast, and cold lagering. So that's just kind of a basic uh, snapshot of, of the Cream Ale. So as we normally do, we're going to start with the overall impression and work down through the different uh, style, or style uh, descriptions. So overall impression is a, a clean well-attenuated, flavorful American lawnmower beer. I thought that was interesting. They, they literally call out American lawnmower beer for this style. Uh, again, it's going to not be, it shouldn't be too sweet. It should be well-attenuated and very clean. Uh, it's also going to be easily drinkable and refreshing with more character than a typical American lager. So again, you're going to have, you know, some of those easy drinking qualities, but you're going to have a little bit better flavor in the cream ale. Now the aroma, it should be medium low to low malt notes with a sweet corn-like aroma. The uh, low levels of DMS are allowable but not required. I think we should probably try to keep DMS out, but you know, if it is there, okay. The hop aroma is medium low to none and can be of any variety, although floral, spicy, and herbal notes are most common. Overall, a subtle aroma with neither hops nor malt dominating, also a low fruity esters can be optional. So, John, why don't you go ahead and cover uh, appearance and flavor for us? All right. So, the appearance, um, you know, as you can expect with these lighter beers, this is going to be a, a pale straw to a moderate gold color. Uh, usually, it's more pale, though. Mm -hmm. um, and then a low to medium head uh, with a medium to high carbonation. Though that should not, that's more mouthfeel, the carbonation piece. Yeah. Um, uh, Decent head retention, and then it should be uh, like brilliantly clear. Um, these things shouldn't have any kind of haze mm -hmm. to them. Um, cause a lot of times that can be brought on by hops and other things. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we mentioned, not a lot of hop character going on here. Yeah. Do you, do you think? Um, do you think the, the carbonation was mentioned because of maybe the bubbles? They're talking about carbonated the bubbles coming up. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um. But I, it's not normal to see that listed there. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure. Because like usually you see it mentioned like medium body, medium carbonation that, in that context. Yeah. Not, not when it comes to the the head of the beer. True. Okay. So, um, but the flavor. So low to medium low hot bitterness. Uh, and that's typical across, I think, most of these styles. Um, not a lot of hot bitterness because largely they're not uh, – large beers. It'll be enough to balance it out. Mm -hmm. um, low to moderate uh, maltiness and sweetness, uh, varying with the gravity and attenuation, so depending on how big the beer is. Um, usually well attenuated, so that kind of goes back to that last one. Not a lot of sweetness should mm -hmm. be left. Um, neither malt nor hops dominate the, the palate. A low to moderate corny flavor is commonly found, 
as is light DMS, which is optional, as with the aroma. Uh, finish can vary from somewhat dry to faintly sweet, um, but again, should be should be more dry uh, with the uh, well attenuated mm-hmm. beer. Uh, low fruity esters are optional, and then low to medium low hop flavor. Um, it can be anything, but it's usually in the floral, spicy, herbal uh, range. Um, largely because these beers, you know, it, it comes off the traditional lagers, which have those hop characters to it. Ah, that so, makes that makes sense. Yeah. So, Denny, tell us about that mouthfeel and, and that carbonation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Now the mouthfeel. It's generally light and crispy, although the body can reach up to medium. A uh, smooth mouthfeel with a medium to high attenuation. Higher attenuation levels can lend uh, a thirst-quenching quality. Wow. Uh, is that... I guess that kind of can be. I mean, I never thought of of having a a, a drier beer being a thirst quenching quenching type uh, quality, but maybe. Well, I think I think that kind of comes from when it when it's dry, it's not going to leave any of that residual sweetness in your mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. So when you drink it, you know it's going to be, um, I don't know, more more crisp yeah. and satisfying in that way, and I think that. That's more what you get from thirst quenching. You know, you you drink it and you're like, ah, there we go. Yeah. Rather than, ah, I still have this stuff in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. I need to rinse it out. I need another drink to rinse it out with. Right. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, of course, as I already mentioned, the mouthfeel is also going to have a high carbonation. You're going to feel that in, in the uh, the mouthfeel. Now, some characteristic ingredients that you'll be that we found in the cream ale, American cream ale, um, usually uses American ingredients, most are most commonly used. Uh, the grain bill of six-row malt or a combination of six-row and North American two-row is also common. They say you can use some adjuncts. They can include up to 20% maize in the mash and up to 20% glucose or other sugars in the boil, which is interesting. Um yeah, the the corn is not surprising. That that's a kind of a you know known thing for cream ale. Yeah, I, I use some uh, flaked corn in mine. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the the twenty percent glucose that that just goes to that drying out the beer, um, substituting sugar um, for you know, your some of your malt will will dry it out, and that's what they do for uh, double IPAs as well. That, that's um, because so it, it's not too cloying. Is that because those sugars are less complex and the yeast eat them up more, or, or what, what's correct? Okay. Yeah, they don't need to be broken down. Okay. Um, so the yeast just whip through them. Okay. All right. Well, that, that makes sense. Look at the big brain on Danny. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey. I learned something over all these years. Uh, at least I'm retaining some some uh, content here. All right. And the last thing is uh, any variety of hops can be used for bittering and for finishing. So that's pretty pretty simple ingredients. Now, John, you want to finish this up off with the last uh, few items? Sure. Yeah. So style comparison, similar to a standard American lager, but with more character. <laughs> um. Yeah, which is anything that you compare to a standard American lager except uh, standard American light lager. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much. But uh, bottle statistics, IBUs 8 to 20. And as we were talking about, you know, low bitterness. Yep. Um, but it's going to be enough that it's not sweet and it's not, you know, doesn't 
have anything harsh with the with the hops there. And ABV four point two to five point six. Yeah. So yeah, it should be low. Yeah, yeah. drink it all day. Yeah, lawnmower. That's right. So uh, some commercial examples: the Genesee Cream Ale. That's probably one of the most well-known ones. Yeah. Um, Liebetschganer Cream Ale. I hope I nailed that. You, I, that think sounded, you, I think you. I think you nailed it. Now. Yeah. No, that's um, it sounded good. <laughs> Little King's Cream Ale and uh, New Galera's Spotted Cow, mm-hmm. uh, which is I know a big favorite of, of a lot of folks. Uh, old Style, and then the Sleeman Cream Ale. Wow. So how many of those have you had? Two. So I'm, I'm taking it to Genesee and the Nuclearis? Yeah, I think I've had the Genesee, but it was a long time ago. Okay. Um, so I so. I also think I had the Genesee when I was uh, on the East Coast, but I, I it was before Untapped, so I don't have it uh, logged. And I that's the only one I think I've had. I haven't had any of the other ones, and and I've been wanting to try the Nuclear Spotted Cow because it gets that one gets a lot of uh, praise. Uh, so I, I've been wanting to try that one for a while. Yeah, and I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent on the Genesee. I could be mixing that up with something else, um, but yeah, yeah, I know I, I've had the Spotted Cow. So. I I hear the Genesee Cream Ale is fantastic, though. It's like it is one of the easy drinking, really flavorful, good cream ales. So I, I need to make a point when I go to these coasts just to grab it and and try it for myself. Um, so I know that Amanda and, and Kevin have, have talked about this beer because uh, it's a uh, a New York New York beer, and I think Kevin uh, you know drank a bunch of the stuff when he was in college up there. So or, or actually, I think he was raised up in in New York. So yeah, maybe uh, when I go visit them. We can just go uh, drink drink some of this and enjoy enjoy the cream ale. It'd be nice. All right, John. Anything else about the cream ale you want to mention? It, how how do you think your cream ale? Now that we just gone through this uh, list of of qualities, how does yours line up with with the uh, BJCP style guidelines? Uh, well, I've actually only had in a finished form the vanilla version. I haven't tapped the other because uh, I I'm almost out of my red ale and then that one will go on as well um but uh yeah i fall pretty pretty well into this uh i'm not entirely sure how my finish comes across because with the vanilla it, it is a little bit sweeter yeah um but it's not overly sweet so i think i'm probably fine okay um in that regard but uh yeah i mean in terms of the the guidelines i think i'm i'm pretty well in there um, although it wouldn't bother me if I was a little bit out as long as I have a really good tasting beer. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, good. Well, good. I look forward to trying your cream ales when I come to the brewery one day. Yeah. Hopefully you'll have them on tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, guess what, John? We said it was going to be a short show, and guess what? We're going to end this thing uh, hopefully before one hour. We're going to have a short show. But before we end it, Let's go ahead and uh, just have an opportunity to raise a glass to uh, whoever we would like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to this week? Uh, I think everyone is aware of all the uh, extreme weather events that are going on right now, um, especially in 
uh, Houston area and now Florida as we're, as we're recording this, Irma is working its way up the West coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really just, uh, raise a glass to our, our listeners and friends and families that are, that are affected by hurricanes, Harvey and Irma. And, uh, hopefully you all are staying safe. And, uh, if, if there's any loss, it's just, just stuff. And then it can all be replaced. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah, I and uh, I agree. My, I I have the same as uh, as John. I my my uh, I just want to toast uh, to the the safety and and uh, just getting through everything. And I'm 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 hoping it's not going to be as bad as they were predicting. It looks like it, hopefully they're it's uh, toning down a little bit and, and won't hit as hard. But I know that the recovery is going to be, especially in Houston, is going to be uh, you know a little bit of a of a challenge. But hey, we're here. We're thinking about you, and we're raising a glass. Uh, also, of course, I want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms, allowing us to get on and talk to you about beer. Uh, cheers to you. We want you to uh, come home safe with your families. Also, I want to raise a glass to Hop Cloth Apparel for partnering up with us. I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing and use the code Tap the craft, all one word, tap the craft at checkout to get free shipping. And you can find the beers uh, mentioned on the show in our show notes on the show post at openforumradio.com. And, of course, you can also find them again in the episode description on your listening device. Just uh, hit description and the show notes are there with all the beers. So as you're listening to us talk about these beers and you're more curious the list is there. Just go find it and go try it for yourself. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime W A. Uh, but really, you should just uh, go check out the brewery Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or on the web trekbeer.com. Excellent. And of course, remember, we have a voicemail line, 208-536-3359. So go ahead and give us a call, and uh, you can be a part of the show, literally. All right, John, it is last call, and it is time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend, and of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and now Podbean, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.